The Washington Commanders are preparing for battle this season, and they did so on Friday by battling one another to the point that assistant head coach and offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy had to cuss them out and tell them to get back to work. That and more coming up on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome into this Friday episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast. Your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. And thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or view of the day every day. Don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can continue the conversation with me whenever you want via text message by simply going to joinsubtext.com slash commanders. I'm your host, David Harrison, Washington Commanders beat reporter for commandercountry.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, here with you every Monday through Friday, especially on a beautiful day out here in Ashburn, Virginia, and we've just wrapped up uh, Washington Commanders practice wrapping up the second week of training camp practices. Next practice will be Sunday. That kicks off week three, and it kicks off our first week of game prep, which means football is right around the corner. On today's episode of Locked On Commanders, we're going to discuss uh, a lot of things. But we're going to hear from three Commanders players, discuss a down day for the offense on Friday, including some growing concerns on the offensive line. But before we do that, I do have to tell you that today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by eBay Motors. The championship team is about each player being a perfect fit, and the same goes with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay's guaranteed fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only and exclusions do apply. So we're going to start today's episode talking about the tempo of the practice on Friday. And this is the second day in a row that we're really going to talk about tempo because on Thursday, of course, we had the jog through tempo. Uh, right out here. The, the weather was overcast. There was rain on the way. Uh, the players had been through three really hard days of practice. The pads came on for the first time this week. So the coaching staff decided to kind of ramp it back. But we all expected for not only the pads to return on Friday, but for the energy to return on Friday. And we got more than we were bargaining for on Friday. So you may have heard by now, but Washington Commanders practice on Friday got a little bit chippy. Things got a little bit dicey and really it started during some inside blocking drills, uh, actually almost right behind me down the down the, the field just a little bit in the near end zone. The Washington Bears offensive line, defensive line were working on interior blocking drills. So they're all running plays and, you know, they're all they're all through the A, a gap, B gap, stuff like that. And on one specific rep, defensive tackle Fenarian Mathis actually jumped off sides. So the officials that have been in attendance for training camp practice all week blew the play dead, just like they're supposed to do. And when they did, Center Nick Gates stood up with the ball in his hand and threw it at Fedarian Mathis. Now, nothing happened post after that. Uh, I think Fedarian was kind of stunned, didn't really react at first. I think he was kind of just amazed that it even happened. Uh, the players were separated by their teammates, and Coach Eric Bieniemy uh, cussed out Nick Gates, yelled at him, said, we don't do that here, pulled him from the drill, and replaced him with rookie center Ricky Stromberg, who finished the drill with the first team. Now, later on in team drills, right, so we're in 11-on-11s 11 now, Right guard Sam Cosme put a hard block on Fedarian Mathis, shoving him. And Mathis this time tried to come back at Sam Cosme to retaliate potentially. When that happened, Sam Cosme, the best way that I could describe it, body slammed him to the ground. That led to a scrum on the field, a pileup, uh, some angry players and coaches, a whole bunch of people saying, dude, chill, 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 chill. And Eric Bieniemy, who kindly, in the only way that Eric Bieniemy possibly could, told his players 
to knock off the foolishness and get back to work. Later on in the team drills, cornerback Benjamin St. Juice laid a hit on tight end Cole Turner and stared him down while he was on the ground, walking away without helping him up. That again grew anger or drew anger from Eric Bieniemy and receiver Terry McLaurin, who very loudly proclaimed that that's not how you treat each other as teammates. So after practice, I did see Terry McLaurin talking with defensive end Chase Young and Montez Sweat, uh, and they were talking about how to handle kind of the locker room and being players uh, on the same team and leaders and all that stuff after such a heated practice. Now, briefly after the practice, I did speak to Nick Gates as he was leaving the practice field. Uh, clearly not happy about how the day unfolded, but to a man, including Nick, it was just it was another day. You know what I mean? It's football. And everybody kind of said it was a byproduct of wanting to get better and to compete. But you can feel the sense of urgency building now uh, to hit someone. I talked about this to uh, to David Mayo. And when I talked to him about it last week, he said, no, you know, the, the earlier this week, the, the 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 energy to hit somebody else isn't quite there yet. But this is where it starts ramping up. Well, I'd say I would say that it ramped up fairly quickly uh, here this week in training camp. So we'll see how practice goes Sunday. The guys do have Saturday off, so they all kind of go their separate ways and go do what they're going to do, get some get some rest, heal up a little bit before they come back Sunday. Uh, personally, I expect a little bit of a lighter day Sunday. That's not anything that's been confirmed by the team, just something I'm kind of anticipating. So we'll see how that goes. And we'll see how it goes with, with Federia Mathis, man, because he's uh, starting to become a little bit of a rival for this offensive line right now. A lot of... Uh, a lot of anger kind of directed towards young Federer Mathis here in his second season. So we'll see if that uh, that sticks or continues to grow. After practice, uh, head coach Ron Rivera was asked about the chippiness, was asked about the fights and, and all that stuff. And he said, quote, to be honest with you, I'd be disappointed if we didn't get a bit chippy. We lost our poise for a little bit. We got to handle it, end quote. Uh, and I think that's a fair way to look at it. You know what I mean? I think, you know, when you, when you talk about what these guys are doing for a living, what you're about to ask them to do, you're about to ask them to go, play 17 regular season games and then if things go well you're gonna ask them to play you know at least one postseason game hopefully more and in those games I mean especially when you're talking about the trenches the offensive line the defensive line I mean their job is to take a grown man and move them from point A to B against their will you know what I mean that's that goes back to one of the, kind of the greatest quotes in football history is that that's one of the best you know feelings as as a human being is taking a 300 pound or so grown man and moving him from point A to B against his will and that's what these guys do, you know, and they're out here and they're in pads and they're hot and they're sweaty and they're getting yelled at for not doing that right or not doing that right or or what have you. And, you know, people get cranky, man. I mean, we, we work in some of us work in offices where we don't even have to hit each other uh, on a consistent basis. And we have bad days and we get cranky with each other and and sometimes just snap. Well, when you're a football player and you snap at a coworker. Uh, sometimes it leads to body slams. You know what I mean? And and look, there were some there were some angry people out here. There were some frustrated people out here from the players, uh, from the roster and all that stuff. But I think by and large, most people understand that it's just a byproduct of the competitiveness, competitiveness, competitive nature of the team. And it's it's actually a little bit of what you want. Like Coach Rivera said, just there's a line there, right? And I've seen some Commanders fans talk about this too. Aggression's okay. A little bit of you know scuffling and and all that stuff is fine. But there is a line that you don't want to cross. So we got to make sure. Uh, that they don't cross that. A fair way to look at the offensive line is as a work in progress. So we've got a fair way of looking at the scuffles on the field today. We've got a fair way of looking at the offensive line, but there may be one spot on the offensive line that we're already starting to notice may need a little emergency repair. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is the easiest place to play fantasy football and the best place for best ball best ball mania four is the largest fantasy football tournament ever august is here and you know what that means the official start of fantasy football drafting month get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball 
on Underdog Fantasy. All you have to do is one live snake draft. No waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July. So you already may be late. So get in on it while you can. Don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code locked on to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code locked on. Thanks again for being locked on to manage the first listen or view today and every day. Every day is a greatly appreciate you for coming through as always. Like you do, uh, stay tuned. We've got more of stuff coming for you, Washington Commanders related, of course, as we continue to get through training camp. I will give all of you a warning, though. There is a possibility that I will not be dropping an episode on Tuesday following practice. Uh, I wish I had the super profound reason for it, but the truth is I'm going to the 50 Cent concert here in the DMV at the Jeffy Lube Live uh, Center Arena concert hall i'm not really sure what it's called to be quite honest with you and uh just depending on timing depending on how late practice runs uh and how long it's gonna take me to get home pick up my buddy who's going with me and get back to uh the the venue i may not have time to drop an episode but i promise you that we will cover as much as we can when we can while we can and in the meantime i'm dropping some bonus episodes for you so you've got plenty of commander's content coming uh so hopefully you will forgive me this one opportunity to uh to go see 50 cent which i mean it, it appears it's called the final lap tour right so it's probably his last uh, concert here in the area but let's move on from that so more to follow on that if need be but hopefully if i can if i do have time i will still be dropping it up so just a little bit of preemptive warning in case i don't have uh, enough time is the offensive line in trouble right that's a question that a lot of people have been asking and coming into the day's practice on friday that is the unit that i want to pay the most attention to getting my second kind of look through training camp uh, at the offensive line so two weeks into training camp no live opponents yet. It's important to take everything with a grain of salt, right? None, none of this is a final work, you know, a final project. None of this, you know, if this was a science class, you wouldn't turn any of these things in for the science fair. Nothing like that. So once the games get going, even preseason games, things typically look better or worse than they did in training camp. They don't typically look the exact same. So for the offensive line, better would be good, obviously. I mean, that's across the board. But better, if you have a better offensive line than what we're seeing out here and basically the grain of salt being that, they're new and they're facing a top five potential defensive line, all these things. Then you've got a pretty good, you know, solid unit. If things go worse, then it means that this unit might be in some serious, serious trouble. And mostly I'm not starting to get completely concerned, definitely not in full blown panic mode. But I would say that if 10 on a one to 10 scale, 10 were a state of emergency and one were, well, we've got nothing but Hall of Famers on the offensive line. I'd say I'm sitting at about a six right now, right? I'm sitting at about a six. The biggest hole on this offensive line, in my opinion, that needs to be addressed is the left guard position. And look, there's no immediate day one, you know, Pro Bowl caliber starting left guards just on the open market. So that's not going to be a thing that happens. So we talk about addressing the hole. We're talking about within the unit that you already have or within the coaching or within the screen, the scheme. Now, the word process has been used a lot this training camp and around this team, and not all of it has been assigned to owner, new owner Josh Harris and his experience with the Philadelphia 76ers. For the offensive line, the process is getting this unit gelled into a single unit that moves as one to uh, to help protect Sam Howell and block for these running backs, right? Well, that development took a hit when left guard City Charles was put on the shelf with a calf injury. Now he's missed uh, a few few practices here. That resulted in second-year guard Chris Paul stepping up in his place. Now, 
Since then, Paul's had his own ups and downs as he uh, he tries to elevate his play to become a starting caliber member of this offensive line. You're going to hear from Chris Paul later in this episode here in just a little bit. But basically, he told me after practice that you have to expect the ups and downs and that those events help him get better by strengthening his strengths and allowing him to work on his weaknesses. So there are certainly some weaknesses, some of the latter, for him to work on. Now, focusing on the offensive line Friday, I can say that Chris Paul's technique looks very, very rough right now. And on top of his technique, some of his mental discipline is kind of coming into question as uh, in times he's been flagged for false starts, he's been flagged for illegal man downfield penalties and other mental mistakes that you don't want to see out of an offensive lineman. So again, with Sadiq Charles sidelined with the calf injury, Chris Paul is left guard number one uh, behind him. Unfortunately, it really doesn't get much better as far as options are concerned. On Friday, third-year guard Aaron Montero might have been the worst guard on the field, to be quite honest with you. But Mason Brooks, who plays on the right side, uh, could be an option to move with the left, right? He's a young guy, so they, all, they can always take that option if they want to. He also came down to earth a little bit after being a training camp darling earlier this week. Not terrible, right? But just came back down to worth uh, just a little bit and, and kind of reminded you why he's an undrafted free agent. We're seeing a bunch of double-team blocks on the left side of the field specifically, which kind of tells me that the coaches kind of know now that's a weak spot on their offensive line. And the problem with too many double teams, if you get too in love with the double team theory is one, really double teams only work when you've got an extra man, right? So if you've got a five-man offensive line, which you always do, then you're talking four-man fronts at the most. If you go five-man front, you can't double team unless you're adding another blocker. So you've got to add a tight end or keep a running back in or something, somebody to help somewhere, right? And if you do that, you're taking a weapon away from your offense. And we know that this offense wants to be explosive. They like to be creative. So the more they have to leave weapons in to help block, the less they can be creative, the less the fewer options a young quarterback like Sam Howell has to throw the ball to, and that could create a whole other set of problems. So ideally, you want to double team when the play calls for it or the double team because we have an advantage or we've got a free man or we got an extra man. Or, uh, you know, on occasion, if your guy needs it, you want to go ahead and double team. But you want your offensive linemen to be able to kind of stand alone and hold their own ground. Now, during the inside blocking drills, going back to that again, that's kind of where we saw the first flare of the of the on-field tension that kind of happened between Nick Gates and Fidari Mathis. During those inside blocking drills, on the very first run of the set, uh, defensive lineman John Allen cooked Chris Paul, just straight up cooked him, got right in the lane. Uh, you know, didn't tackle his guy, but you know, certainly if this was full contact, absolutely would have made the play. And that's kind of just the beginning of the problems. Then Nick Gates throw the ball, throws the ball at Fidari Mathis after that. Uh, and this is why I think you have to be happy about the preseason. I think that you need to play your starting offensive line for the entire first half of the game against Cleveland. That's just my personal opinion. I don't think they're going to for multiple reasons. I'm going to get into those here in just a little bit. But before we get into that, I do want to go through more uh, of the left guard situation. So, again, Chris Paul is struggling from, from time to time. Aaron Montero certainly not having a very good day. But there was a bright spot from the left guard group, and that was second-year left guard Nolan Loffenberg. During those same inside blocking drills, Loffenberg had a beautiful, beautiful rep uh, to where he cleared out his blocker. So, again, he's in his gap. He's got his blocker. He clears his blocker out just in time for a blitzing, I believe it was a linebacker, coming through his gap, clears his defender, gets back set, and, I mean, he catch blocks that defender coming full speed and just stonewalls him, man, just, just holds him up. It was a thing of beauty. Uh, it was it was amazing thing to watch. I was really glad that I was watching the left guard at that position. Uh, very soon after that, there was a great pull by Nolan Loffenberg, where he not only gets to his edge and gets out there to get in front of his running back, but he is actually able to anchor himself and turn himself back in towards the play to basically seal off that edge and make sure that no defender got past him uh, and sprung his running back for a really solid game. 
In fact, Laufenberg did so well prior to the second set of 11s uh, in team drills that he got the second team reps instead of Aaron Montero. Now, uh, on, the, on that set of plays, he had a good engagement, and then he was floating on the first two plays. But floating, you know, you're not just standing there not doing it. You're looking to engage. You're looking for someone to help. You're looking for somebody to block. And that's something that's very important that he was act actively doing. Uh, he was beat on the line, off of the offensive line on the third snap by rookie K.J. Henry, who just looked very, very quick in team drills and in one-on-ones. But Lawfermer was able to recover well, got his base back, and was able to keep Henry from doing any damage on the play uh, before anything else. And then he had a good set on the final play as well. So a very good practice for Nolan Lawfenberg today. He also had two good reps in one-on-one -on -one drills against Fenaria Mathis uh, alone, where Mathis actually won on the line off of one or off the line on one of the drills, but Laufenberg held his own, was able to recover again, and Fenaria Mathis actually ended up on the ground. So probably a stalemate more so than anything, but you could also call it a win for Laufenberg because his defender ended up in the dirt. Uh, on the next rep, Laufenberg stonewalled Mathis, getting a clear win. Meanwhile, Chris Paul got cooked in one of his matchups against Jonathan Allen, but he did come back and had two solid reps against Allen as well. One of them even drew really loud praise out of Coach Juan uh, Castillo. Montero also had a couple of good wins in one-on-ones, one against rookie KJ Henry, the other against F.A. Abata. So not all bad uh, by any means. Now, somebody who did have a fairly bad practice was offensive lineman Jared Jones-Smith. Uh, during a position group portion of practice, they weren't going up against any live competition, just going through drills, going through some of the basics. Uh, he and Juan Castillo got into an argument, and Coach Juan Castillo, I didn't hear what, what Jared Jones-Smith was saying to Coach Castillo, but I clearly hear Coach Castillo uh, very sternly telling him, listen to me because I'm trying to help you make this team. Uh, and, you know, so that was that was kind of point one of, of a rough day for Jared Jones-Smith. And then in the one-on-ones, Jones-Smith went up against F.A. Obata, got clearly defeated, and apparently was talking trash to Chase Young at some point because Young later lined up as an interior rusher in the one-on-ones, won that one-on-one -on -one battle, then went over to Jones-Smith on the offensive side of things and told him very loudly that he can play inside too if he needed to. Jones Smith apparently didn't like that, and eventually Young and Jones Smith ended up on the on the line together in a one-on-one. -on -one. Chase Young won that one pretty clearly. Then Jones Smith had to go up against Montez Sweat. Actually, Jones Smith won that rep. It was probably his best rep of the entire day, but Montez, was, Montez Sweat said, nope, let's run it back, and he ends up putting Jones Smith on his butt, and that is when the period ended. Thankfully for Jones Smith, because the next guy lined up to face him in one-on-ones was Deron Payne, and that would not have gone well either. Uh, Cornelius Lucas also struggled in the one-on-ones as well. Montero was back with the second team for the second set or the third set of 11s. Uh, mostly good stuff once he got in there, but again, certainly something to watch this left guard position. Again, not in panic mode yet, but something that we, we, will, we will be paying attention to, and I'm very glad that this team is facing fairly good pass rushes against Cleveland, Baltimore, and Cincinnati in the preseason because that's really going to help this offensive line improve where they need to. Uh, why won't Washington play the entire offensive line for the first half? Honestly, it pretty much boils down to risk mitigation. After all the turnover they had and the rotations they had last year, I just don't see Coach Rivera being comfortable with that uh, decision. How watch day nine. So if you haven't picked up on yet, the offense did not have a fairly great day. And since I was focused on the offensive line as heavy as I was, I didn't get to watch a lot of Howell's process, but I did still chart all of his 11s. He completed eight of his 14 pass attempts and 11 on 11 drills. That's a 57% completion rate. And honestly, that was probably the cleanest part uh, of the entire day for the offense. The upside, again, no interceptions, although the defense was close uh, several times to getting picks uh, on Sam Howell eventually. However, the commanders are going to need their top units to not only secure the ball, but move the ball. Uh, can't just hold it. Some injury news before we get into our interviews. Uh, David Bada, obviously, out with a torn tricep, but also Logan Thomas 
uh, has a calf strain, so he was out of practice on Friday. Emmanuel Forbes tweaked his groin a little bit. Nobody believes it's too serious, but still something to keep an eye on. Curtis Hodges also came up with a hamstring upper glute issue uh, that kept him out of a portion of practice, and Cody Barton is suffering from some hip flexor uh, issues right now as well. So injuries starting to pile up, some anger starting to pile up. We need to get a real game going. Next week is game week, so that'll help out uh, a lot of these guys greatly. Coming up, we're going to hear from three Commanders players, including two offensive linemen. Unfortunately, a lot of them leave the field together. So while I'm interviewing one, some of the other guys are walking the locker room. So I didn't get all of the ones that you guys wanted. We did get Sam Cosme. We got Chris Paul. And then I added Tariq Castro-Field since he was uh, a defensive back that was uh, unavailable because my phone was overheating on DB Day. So all those are coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. All right, Commanders fans, we're going to wrap up today's episode with interviews with Tariq Castro-Fields. Again, we're going to have him on for our DB Day episode, but it was so hot, my phone was overheating, would not stay on for me to get another interview. So I got him today for you because I couldn't get Ricky Stromberg uh, or Andrew Wiley. They were walking off while we were doing these other interviews with Sam Cosme and Chris Paul. So you have those two. So here are those three. We'll start off with Tariq Castro-Fields. All right, guys, David Harris, Locked On Commanders here with Tariq Castro-Fields, second year defensive back, Tariq. I'll give you the softball question first, right? Second training camp, how you yeah. feeling this time compared to rookie season? Yeah, I'm feeling good. Just have a routine now. Um, I mean, it just feels good to be out here with the guys and compete with all the receivers. So, um, so today, speaking of competing, in practice right Friday, last day of week two, another padded practice, a little bit harder, you know, harder energy or a little bit higher energy yeah, yeah. Uh, compared to yesterday. A little bit of chippiness on the field. Uh, I don't think like you got involved in any of it, but how do you feel about seeing that chippiness between teammates? Uh, I mean, it's good. It's just football. Um, you want to be competitive. You want to kind of bring the best out of each other. So I think it was good. You all ready to uh, get in your first game week next week and, and get ready yeah, to go sure. up against some Cleveland nice. Browns and, yeah. and be allowed to, right? Like yeah. then you can be aggressive and your coaches are happy for you, not, mm-hmm. not telling you to knock it off, right? Yeah, for sure. Just hit somebody else that isn't wearing white and burgundy. So Absolutely. You got anybody on, on Cleveland? You, know, you got any people on, on the Cleveland roster? I don't think so. Not that I can think of. So. so part of your background, right? You come from Penn State, obviously, and, and you and Jahan have a, have a tight bond. Can you talk about kind of that relationship from college and, and now yeah. into the NFL? Um, I mean, we both wore five at Penn State, so even when he came in and got five, automatically, like, he was going to be my friend and turn to a brother. So, I mean, we're cool to this day. Um, like he said, he's, he's like my brother to me. Uh, we do everything together, all season, now, like, you name it, so. And then speaking of numbers, you got new digits uh, yeah. for this year. You switched from the 40s back into the 20s. Uh, what was the motivation behind that? Um, just had to get out the 40. <laughs> I can run faster now, jump higher. So yeah, I know. Before you said it felt like a like yeah, 40s like heavy. a heavy number, yeah, right? It's too heavy. So. Yeah, I think that. I mean, that's real though. Like, so some people look at that as like superstitious, right? Are yeah. you are you a superstitious person at all? Behind beside no, like the number really, thing? but 40, not not at no corner. So. Yeah, it just feels weird, right? It feels weird. So getting some second team run uh, here yeah. in your second season, how how important is that for you? Uh, I think it's important just to uh, go against like Terry and all them guys, and just keep sharpening my tools, and just keep gaining the trust from the coaches, and just keep competing. I mean, that's the main thing. Absolutely. So a few quarterbacks have, have run through here, right? Yeah. And you've obviously got to face all of them in, in either in practice or training camps. Yeah. Is it valuable? Is it valuable experience getting so many different quarterbacks to, to kind of go up against and, and their different styles? I mean, for sure. Like each and one of them have like different velocities on their ball. They like certain routes versus other routes. Um, they throw. They all throw different. So I mean, it's been fun. Absolutely. What did you guys learn from the officials uh, of being here this week? I'm um, just little things. How like you can guard tight ends because um, you know they like to like push off and things like that. Um, just things like that. So, who's the who's the best receiver? Who's the best receiver on the Commanders roster? I mean, all of them. I feel like they all good. 
They all got a good skill set and provide different things. So. All right, so that was Tariq Castro-Field, second-year cornerback out of Penn State, uh, really good friends with Jahan Dodson. You saw Jahan there at the end, uh, kind of having a little bit of fun with the end of the interview. Now let's listen to a guy who didn't have as much fun today, uh, your right guard, Sam Cosby. I mean, uh, you know, we work hard, do our stuff, but at the same time, uh, you know, we're not going to take our crap from anyone. So, uh, you know, be smart, but at the same time, you know, uh, we're taking crap from no one. Uh, so, I think that's a good thing. And, um, you guys are teammates. You guys are teammates here at the end of the day. I mean, how do you guys flush that? How do you guys, you know, work that out? It's typically a handshake and walk from right afterwards. You know, hey, good, good job. And kind of move on. Move on. Is that Mathis? Yeah. The, the, the looks just in general today, how did you kind of think you guys did against the front? I mean, uh, you know, we have a lot of things to work on. Uh, we have a lot, a lot of young guys that are learning new techniques and stuff like that. And so uh, as, as a front, I think we have some things to work on, but we're really going in a, in a positive trajectory. And, uh, and I'm really liking what I'm seeing when it comes to it. All right. We appreciate Sam for taking time out today. Obviously, you can tell he was a little bit frustrated with the way that the day had gone, but better days ahead. Hopefully, speaking of better days ahead, hopefully here now is left guard, Chris Paul. All right, Chris, obviously training camp is a time for, for getting better, learning through the struggles and then enjoying the wins. Uh, how are you personally kind of taking every up and down as it comes to training camp right now? There's going to be ups and downs, but I'm a firm believer that iron sharp is iron. And that's really the, the almost the best aspect about training camp, that opportunity to know what you're good at, hone into those, know what you need to work on, and especially hone into those. Absolutely. A lot of hard coaching going on out there from Eric Bieniemy and from Coach Juan as well. How do you how do you like that? Tough, 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 tough coaching, man. And that's that's exactly what we need. Um, and everybody's being held accountable. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. Um, on the field there, a little bit a little bit of touchiness between the offense and defense today. It's, it's kind of ramped up a little bit. Is that just you guys ready to get up against a real opponent? How, how do you feel about that kind of stuff going yes, on? Yes, you're definitely going to have that uh, chippiness and definitely need to be disciplined. But um, that comes with the game and and we're competing. We're excited about that. And about to enter your first week of game prep for the preseason, getting run with the uh, with the ones right now. How do you feel about that right now? I feel great. Really excited to to get the season started, and just really, really grateful for the opportunity. I appreciate you, Chris. All right, guys. Big thank you again to Treat Castro Field, Sam Cosme, and Chris Paul for joining us on this episode of Locked On Commanders. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Commanders. For this week's episodes of Locked On Commanders, in case you missed any of the takes, any of the interviews. Monday, we looked at the linebackers while Jamin Davis was in court. We spoke to David Mayo and receiver Jahan Dotson on the show. Tuesday was the first day of padded practices. We had offensive tackle Alex Akinbulu, defensive tackle Benning Potai, and linebacker Cody Barton all on the show. Then Wednesday, we took our second look at the secondary this training camp and heard from defensive back Quan Martin. Again, we were going to have more, but my phone kept overheating, so we only got Quan for that episode. Thursday was a slower day, but we still landed Logan Thomas, John Bates, and Cole Turner to wrap up our tight end conversation. So if you miss any of those episodes, please head on back and catch up on those. Coming up next week, we're back here every single day that there is practice, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. The team is traveling Thursday, Friday, there is a game. So I will be here when they are in action. Come back for that. In the meantime, if you got questions or comments, drop them in the YouTube comment section. Hit me on Twitter. Email me at lockedoncommanders at gmail.com or text me directly by going to joinsubtext.com. 
slash locked on commanders. As always, I want to thank you say so much for making locked on commanders first listen or view of the day every day and every day. Thank you for coming through on a consistent basis like you do. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your football routine. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank <laughs> you.